Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello and welcome to the Cannon Cast, a Columbus Blue Jackets podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, PD. I'm manager over at the Cannon. Visit jacketscannon.com for our written content and to talk with other Blue Jackets fans. We have a big week coming up in the NHL with the NHL draft on Wednesday and Thursday, and then the start of free agency on Saturday. Uh, but before we get to that, I wanted to take the time to Uh, sort of recap what has happened in June because it has been an active month already for the Blue Jackets. Uh, First of all, you know, a few weeks back, we had the big trades for Ivan Provorov and Damon Severson. And in our last episodes, we, you know, got the perspective from Philadelphia and New Jersey on those trades. Uh, But I wanted to sort of re-examine those and and give my perspective and think about uh, how that, those trades feel now that they've had time to kind of settle. Um, you know, initially I was not happy with the Ivan Provorov trade, uh, mainly because of the character concerns, the the controversies around him. The timing of the trade was very poor, given his stance on Pride warm-up jerseys and it being the start of Pride Month and seeing how upset it made, you know, a portion of the fan base uh, and the fact that it came just a few days after the news broke that Mike Babcock was going to be the next head coach. Uh, It was like a double whammy of moves where it seemed like the Jackets were willing to put character aside. Uh, So that was a, that was a bad feeling at that point. I will say though that, 
the Severson trade, again, took me by surprise. I thought that, hey, you made a big swing for Provorov. That's going to be your trade for a defenseman. But the fact that Yarmo went for not one, but two defensemen, uh, that was a big move. And Severson's a guy that I, I like a lot. I think he's going to fit well. Overpaid a little bit and for too long, sure. But he's a real good player and he's going to help the defense. And I'm excited about how much better the defense is going to be to have those two guys in the top four, to have Zach Wierenski back and healthy, hopefully to plug David Juracek in there. I think he's ready for it. Uh, but there's a lot of options there and just guys that had too many minutes last season will not have to play that much this coming season. And that should make the defense a lot better. I'm also excited to see what kind of scheme Mike Babcock puts in. Um, you know, I, I think it's fair to wonder about his coaching style in terms of how he handles the players as people. Uh, I want him to treat them with more respect now than he did in Toronto. Um, there could be concern about him. Uh, you know, he's 60 years old now. Has the game passed him by? Can he adapt to the way the NHL has changed since he last coached? Those are fair questions, but the guy is a coach that has had a lot of success. He will be an upgraded the coaching position. Because, again, it's a low bar to clear. But we will have a better head coach. We'll have better players on defense. And combine that with just more health generally on the team. You know, knock on wood. It could be another bad season, but hopefully not. And, you know, yeah, this team can be better. And and I'm excited about that. Now, um, one thing I'm not excited about is Aaron Portsline reported that it's likely that the other assistants will remain, uh, which is a bit surprising and it is disappointing. Uh, I would have liked for Babcock to have brought in his own staff. Um, you know, Pascal Vincent, I'm okay with keeping him around. I think he's a decent coach. He's well-regarded around the league. Uh, I do think it's unfortunate that he interviewed for the head coaching job here two years ago, didn't get it. He interviewed for it this time around and didn't get it. And now, once again, he'll be uh, working under a guy that he lost the job to. That's weird. Um, the thing I'm really disappointed about, though, is Steve McCarthy being kept on the staff. Um, you know, the defense has been really, really awful for two years under his leadership. And it may not be entirely his fault, but I think it's clear that he's not the one to fix it. So I'm I'm just baffled that it's been two summers in a row where the Jackets easily could have parted ways with him and brought in someone who has experience in that role, who is qualified to coach that role, um, and they've not done that, and that's really, really frustrating. So um, hopefully next summer they don't make the same mistake when his contract's up and Babcock can bring in his own guy, and maybe in the meantime Babcock can sort of um, – coach for him or hold his hand through uh, through that and coach the defense better. Um, but there is one other new coaching hire that was made, um, you know, sort of independently from the head coaching search. Nicholas Backstrom will be the new goaltending coach. Uh, now, this is not the 
Swedish center of the Washington Capitals. This is the Finnish goaltender who had a uh, nice long NHL career, uh, was a solid goalie in his own right. Uh, now, he has been working for the Blue Jackets since the 2019-20 season. He's been a European development coach. Uh, so he worked with Daniil Tarasov uh, in 2019-20 when Tarasov was on loan to Liga. So um, now, I, again, I would have liked to have brought in an outside voice instead, not someone who has been in the organization. But this is still a guy who will be a new voice for Elvis Merzlikens. And that's important. So it's a fresh start for Elvis. Um, you know, maybe having someone who is another Northern European might be a kind of cultural match or something. Uh, some guy that's played in the NHL more recently than Manny Legacy had. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's I'm willing to give him a shot. Again, would have preferred someone from outside, but Backstrom is certainly qualified for the role. So. Let's see how he does, you know. There were some RFA signings to dare. There have been uh, four of them so far. Jay Christensen was signed to a one-year two-way deal. He will make uh, $775,000 in the NHL, $275,000 in the AHL. Josh Dunn, same kind of deal, but he'll make $125,000 in the AHL. And... Um, Carson Meyer for his two-way deal will make 190. Again, all three of those guys on one-year two-way deals, all of them will be RFAs with Arbrights uh, at the end of those contracts next summer. Um, I'm fine with all those. Those are all guys that are good depth players. Uh, if everything goes right in Columbus, those guys will spend most of the year in Cleveland, and that's okay. So um, I'm good with keeping all of those guys in the fold. The other contract was a two-year extension for Matthew Olivier. He will be a UFA at the end of that deal in the summer of 25. This is a one-way deal, and he will make uh, $1.1 per year on that one, which this one seemed a bit high to me. Um just we have such a log jam of players that can play in the bottom six. So giving him two years, giving him 1.1 million, it's not a horrible contract, but it just seems a little bit on the high side. And that contract alone won't kill you. But if you have a bunch of players that are overpaid by, 250,000 to a million to 2 million, like this starts to add up. And there's a lot of guys that are overpaid by just a little bit. And you add all that up and that's another like 5 million that you could have for a good middle of the lineup type player, you know, like Seattle seemed to be made up entirely of those kind of players and they did well with it. So I think we're missing out by overpaying so many guys by so much. And I just, I don't know how much Olivier is going to fit in going forward. You know, do you want him in the lineup over a Texier, over a foodie, over Bemstrom, over Robinson? You know, that's, it just seems early before you really get maybe Babcock in there and, and getting, getting his input in it. Um, and again, I, I don't want to rip too much on Olivier. We've done that a lot over the last season. 
he actually ended up being better than I thought. Um, you know, his offensive game did develop a bit. He was able to score more than you would expect from a fourth liner. Um, he was pretty good, you know, throwing his body in the neutral zone. So like, he's not a bad player. Like he is a legit fourth line winger. I just, we've got enough guys that can play fourth line wing. I don't know why we needed to over invest in him, but it is what it is. So there are still a few pending free agents for the team. Uh, Trey fix Wilansky is a uh, RFA with arbitration rights as is Marcus Bjork. Um, Tim Bernie is an RFA with no arbitration rights. Uh, I expect all those guys to get qualifying offers. Uh, Lane Peterson, Gavin Bayruther, uh, Justin Richards, John Gillies, Michael Hutchinson. Those are all UFAs. Um, I'm guessing all those guys are going to walk. Uh, Yuna Luoto is also a UFA. He has already signed uh, back in Europe, so so he will be gone as well. So uh, that's the remaining business to be done. I imagine some of those will wait until uh, later in the summer to be dealt with after we see what other moves the Jackets make. I'm going to take a quick break, and afterwards we will talk about what is coming up later this week. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. We're back. So on Wednesday is the first round of the NHL draft. This is something that we have been looking forward to basically since what November, <laughs> once we knew that this was where the season was heading. So the Jackets have, of course, the number three overall pick in this draft. So what is going to happen? I see three uh, legit options for who the Jackets could take there. The Best option is probably the least likely, which is Adam Fantilli. Um, he has been long expected to be the number two overall pick behind Connor Bedard. Uh, he's a guy that would probably be the number one pick in a lot of recent draft classes, if not for Bedard. So, but there is a chance that Anaheim could pass on him. Leo Carlson, his stock has been rising. Um, and then there's the fact that Matt Faye Mitchkov, the Russian winger, is considered by many to be the second best talent in the draft behind Bedard. So Anaheim could go that route. I don't think it's likely, but it's possible. Um, Anaheim going with Carlson over Fantilli is more likely than, than Mitchkov, but I still think I'd probably put it at 80% that Anaheim takes Fantilli. But if they do pass on him, I think the Jackets should rush to the stage and take Fantilli and, and not overthink it because he's going to be a special player as well. And he's a player that can contribute right away, which given the other moves, the jackets have made having an impact player right away. And especially at the center position, they can't turn that down. They need that immediate impact player. Now, if Anaheim takes Fantilli, Leo Carlson's an option. Will Smith is another highly ranked center option expected to go in the top five. 
Um, there's been reporting that, you know, there are people in the Jackets organization that like Will Smith a lot. Um, my guess based on the mixed reporting I've heard is that there's probably scouts in the organization that like Carlson and there are scouts that like Smith. And there's a case to be made for both of them. My pick would be Carlson because he's been playing pro hockey over in Sweden. So I think he is more likely to be able to contribute right away, or at least at some point in this coming season. Whereas Will Smith is committed to Boston College. He's got family connections there. He is definitely going to play college hockey for at least one season, maybe another one. Uh, the other advantage that Carlson has over Smith is his size. Carlson has more of the typical size for a center that you expect, whereas Smith is about 5'10". So that's small for a center. It's not it's not a deal breaker. It's just not ideal. Um, so Smith has a maybe a better skill set, maybe a higher ceiling in terms of his skill, but also a lower floor because of his size. Uh, also with the size that maybe means he's better off being a wing. Maybe he's kind of a, I see as maybe a Kent Johnson type where you're not sure if he's better at wing or center because of maybe not being as big as you want from a center. Whereas Carlson might not have as high of a ceiling, but has a much higher floor. And I can see him being a Andre Kopitar type or an Evgeny Malkin type or Patrice Bergeron type, something like that. So I, I think that, that Carlson is the option there. If Fantilli is off the board, I think that, um, Carlson is the type of player that given our talent at wing, we can go deep with Carlson, but Fantilli is the type that could be, he's the type of center that could carry this team. The real, like this could be a heart trophy type number one center. This could be a con Smythe winning number one center. So, uh, Fantilli would be my top choice. Carlson would be my number two. We are, we could be guaranteed to get one of those guys and, and be very happy with that. And if it's Smith, it wouldn't be my pick, but I think he could be a very good player. I think we have a reason to be excited about it. It's just going to take longer for him to contribute, uh, which again is why I think that it's not as likely to be Yarmo's pick because I think Yarmo is making moves that seem to indicate that he is on borrowed time here. You know, his aggressive moves for defense indicated he needs this team to be significantly better this season. So if he has the option at number three to take a player that can contribute right away this season, that fits his timeline. Will Smith doesn't really fit his timeline. Yarmo might not be GM by the time Will Smith gets here. Uh, on Thursday is day two of the draft, and the pick I'm lock looking for there is our second round pick. It's number 34 that's going to be a pretty good pick. This is such a deep draft and that's always the range where you get players that were projected to go in the first round, but some of them slip. So we can get another really, really good player at number 34. Now will we go with yet another center? Will we go with a defenseman? Even though we've taken a bunch of them over the last couple of years, will it be a power winger kind of player? I I'm very curious to see where they go with that. Uh, I really won't complain as long as it's best player available, you know, and uh, we can get someone else really good for that pick. Then on Saturday is the start of free agency, and I don't necessarily see the Jackets making a free agent move. They're, first of all, it's kind of a weak free agent class, and 
Elliot Friedman on the latest episode of the 32 Thoughts podcast observed that teams seem to think that it's not a very strong free agent class, and that is why you have seen teams be way more aggressive on the trade market. So obviously the Jackets got it kicked off with their Provorov and Severson trades. Just in the last over the last weekend, you've seen some trades where uh, Ryan Johansson went from Nashville to Colorado with Nashville retaining half his salary. And I, I love that move for Colorado. It's good for Nashville. They free up their cap space, but for Colorado getting Johansson at just $4 million as their second line center behind McKinnon, that is a huge pickup and that's going to help them a lot. A trade, another trade that happened that was a really big blockbuster surprising one here on Monday was the Blackhawks acquiring Taylor Hall from Boston. Again, Boston needed to move salary. Somehow Taylor Hall didn't have Chicago on his no trade list, which is kind of shocking, but I guess he'll get to play with Connor Bedard. That's cool. And uh, Nick Felino's rights were traded. Now I think that was just Boston trying to get under the uh, 50 contract limit uh, here this week. Um, but I don't know who knows. Maybe Chicago tries to sign Felino. He could be a good uh, veteran mentor for their young roster. And we'll see. And then uh, another former jacket that could be on the move is Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, he has indicated that, you know, he doesn't want to re-sign with Winnipeg on a one-year deal. He either wants to hit for agency next summer, um, but there are some places where he'd be willing to sign an extension now. L.A. is getting very close, uh, apparently, to getting him. So that will be interesting to see if he ends up there with Gavrikov and possibly Corpusalo there in LA. Um, Montreal could be, you know, is where people assumed that Dubois wanted to go, but I don't think Montreal wants to overpay to get him now when they could wait a year, but uh, they might not get that chance if he's willing to sign an extension elsewhere. So um, it's going to be really fun to watch what other moves get made to see if other teams go the trade route rather than uh, free agency. So, um, and what are the Jackets going to do? You know, are they still going to add? People seem to think that they are. I think, though, it is going to wait until after the draft. I don't think they're going to make a move at the draft necessarily. I think a lot of what they do depends on who they pick at number three. You know, if they get a guy like Fantilli, they know that they can plug him in right away. So I don't think they need to rush out and get a veteran center. If they do go the Will Smith route, and they know that he might not be ready for two years, then, okay, you go and you get a guy that you can get for, sign him for a two- or three-year deal or maybe even a four-year deal, and he could be your placeholder. He can be your 1C for the coming years and maybe get you to the playoffs, but then, um, you know, can kind of move down to a second- or third-line role while our number three pick finally comes there when the time is due, you know. There's been talk about Elias Lindholm. Um, I would love Elias Lindholm for the remaining year of his contract, but you know that price isn't going to be worth it for Calgary. And if they want to trade him with an extension, the kind of extension that he wants is just not going to fit with our timeline. You know, I don't want to pay him, you know, six million for eight years or whatever, and um, for him to be you know a second, third line guy for a lot of that contract. You know, it's just not worth it. Because we've got other guys that can play second and third line roles. Cole Sillinger, Kent Johnson, Dmitry Voronkov, 
uh, Luca Del Bell Belouz. You know, we've got all those guys that can fill those middle center options. So we don't need a veteran clogging that up over this time, you know? Um, so uh, we'll see what they do. And, you know, we'll be back next week and we can, we can talk all about that. So, so that will do it for us this week. Thank you to our paid subscriber of the week. Grateful NFA. We appreciate your support there. And there is another way that any of you listeners can support the podcast. Uh, if you, in case you missed it last week, we unveiled a brand new logo for the site. Our very own Burkus Circus designed it. It's really cool. We're very pleased to have our own logo. That's, that's all our own this time. It's really cool. Uh, and if you like the logo, you can buy merch that's got the logo on it. We're very excited about that. There's uh, cups, there's stickers, there's koozies, there's hats, there's shirts, there's even shoes. You can get shoes, high top sneakers that have the new Canon logo on them. Uh, and honestly, yeah, they're pretty cool looking. So uh, I will drop that link in the description so you can uh, check those out if you want. But uh, thank you to everyone for listening to the pod and for supporting the site. We, we appreciate that. And we will catch you next time. For more content from the Canon, check out JacketsCanon.com or follow us on Twitter at CBJCanon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Purley and the Howlin' Moons. Angela's new album, Turn Me Loose, is out now. Go to AngelaPurley.com for more music and show dates.